0: Franklin Allen, thank you very much indeed for talking to Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today at the new Economic Thinking Conference. You were speaking about what kind of theory we need to guide us to reform and restructure the financial sectors. What were you saying?
1: Well, I think the first issue is what went wrong. And my own view is that what went wrong is that there were asset price bubbles In the U.S. and Spain and uh, Ireland, a number of other countries. So I think the reason was that central banks back in 2003 to 2004 kept interest rates too low for too long. And this was at a time in the U.S., for example, when house prices were already going up at more than 10%. And if you can borrow at 1% and and, uh, invest at something going up at 10%, It's a very good deal and this is the problem that then led to this huge explosion in house prices which was unsustainable and starting in 2006 we had the fall in house prices.
0: Should we have seen it coming, if people know about boom and bust in economics, if we knew this bubble was getting bigger and bigger, why didn't we act?
1: I think this is part of what we've talked about a lot at this conference which is the efficient markets notion and I think... People believed that markets effectively reflected fundamentals. And so when you see a price going up, it's not because it's a boom or a bubble. It's because there's some underlying change in the economy, which means that the prices of these things are going to be much higher going forward. That didn't turn out to be the case. But in many cases, it it does. So if you look at the UK, there wasn't really so much of a bubble, for example.
0: And and do you think that that actually when the bubble burst, people took the right actions?
1: I think it was a very difficult situation, and central banks and governments were faced with a difficult crisis. However, I I don't think they did the right thing. I think they should have been much tougher on the banks. They stepped in the famous too-big-to-fail to to save them. But I think it's important to distinguish between too-big-to-fail... (laughs) too big to liquidate. The reason you have to stop the banks going down immediately is that there's this problem of contagion. We saw that with Lehman Brothers. The economy freezes up if people think banks are going to go bankrupt. So the government needed to step in and guarantee the deposits and the other short term debt. But what they should then have done, in my view, is to start liquidating the banks and making sure that they don't survive in the long run. It may take five or ten years, but it, what they've done effectively is to maintain organisations which have very serious problems. But perhaps even more important than that, the banks that were prudent who, if their competitors were to, allowed to fail, they would be able to expand and do better. They weren't given that reward, so their prudence wasn't rewarded. We need to change that going forward.
0: Then how do we restructure? How do you reward prudence and do we need smaller banks
1: I think in the UK you need smaller banks I think that these uh, enormous banks are not a good thing because as you've seen it ends up causing of course huge problems in terms of the amount of money that you have to put into them so I think in the UK you should probably have smaller banks yes and I think being a financial center has a lot of advantages but it's probably should be limited the amount so that the, gov- the country can afford it if things go wrong
0: and what about a new international order too do we all have to act on the domestic stage or do we as we've heard quite a lot at this conference need a new global order
1: i think a new global order would be nice but the problem is that the structure of the imf is such that this won't be possible and the reason is Going back to Keynes's Bretton Woods, it, it's an organization that... The, the IMF is an organization that's dominated by the Europeans and the Americans, and the Asians have been closed out of it effectively for the last 60 years, and that's not going to change quickly. As as we saw in Pittsburgh, the British and the French said, no, we're not going to give up our rights in in the IMF in terms of being on the executive board and so on, and this is a big problem. So I think it's going to be very difficult to have that kind of uh, agreement internationally.
0: you have actually defined quite well what caused the problem, what you think went wrong, whereas others have said we don't know and we still don't know going forward. But if you were to have a blank uh, canvas, Franklin Allen, what would you paint on it for the future in terms of that new economic structure?
1: One of the most interesting statistics that came out of this, which I had not realised, is that before uh, the fall of 2008 since the inception of the Bank of England back in 1694 interest rates had never been below two percent this was at the time when we beat Napoleon we beat Hitler we did many many things and I think the real problem is that these very low interest rates are very dangerous and what we saw was At the time, it it was helpful, but it it leads to these problems subsequently. And we've talked a lot in the conference about these bubbles going on and on. Every time, you do more of the same thing. But each time, it comes back to bite you in a few years' time with a bigger problem. And I think that this is going to happen. And until we accept that we are going to have recessions, there is going to be unemployment, and we're going to have economic pain, hopefully it's moderate, it's short-lived, we're going to end up having bigger and bigger problems like this, which are much more worrying.
0: If the Western world then, indeed, it, Europe, Britain, America, has this need for prudence in the, uh, in the future uh, at an individual level, a firm level, a government level, do you see the emerging economies being in the same situation, or better, because they haven't got the debts?
1: This is the, the global imbalances problem. I, m- my own view as to why... You, we've had so many of these problems goes back to this issue that we've been closing out the Asians from the international order. And this is a big problem. It's, it's a big political problem. I think there's a lack of respect between uh, the Western world and China. So the Western world views China as being not, uh, not a sophisticated country because they don't have human rights, they don't have a democracy, and they look down on them. The Chinese, as, as one of my st- students stressed to me once, but what about economic rights? What they've done in China is quite remarkable in terms of solving poverty for hundreds of millions of people. And so they're quite prepared, most of them, to put up with this. And I don't think there's enough mutual respect. I think the West needs to accept that China is a country which has done a huge amount, and we need to let them come to the table with equal Rights that we have and not look down on them.
0: So, in terms of the crisis and what we've been going through in terms of pain, there might in the long term be gain out of it just because we're sitting here at a new economic thinking conference, thinking of new economic orders.
1: I think, I think hopefully, things will improve. Uh, I think, you know, the big pro- problems in the world are still. Uh, poverty in, in many, many parts of the world. As I said, the Chinese have made huge progress on that. And what we need to do is to solve these poverty problems in the rest of the world. And that is still the big economic problem. And hopefully we will move towards a world economic order where that becomes a much easier thing to do.
0: Franklin Allen, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today at the new economic thinking conference. You've made me think.
1: Thank you.